evening. We're back again with another episode of the Dagot Podcast. We're recording an emergency podcast of sorts. Uh, we're recording earlier than we usually record, and hopefully you're going to enjoy this podcast as much as we will. So this Friday evening, I'll be joined by Michael. Hello. I'm fine, thank you. I'm good. I'm good today. Not too good, but we'll talk about that later we'll on. We'll probably find out why. We might have an idea. Uh, yeah. Fabian, hi. Hello, Daryl. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> and um, Clifford Olog, tell me, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Very good. Yes, yes. Okay, so you have a few things to get off your chest. Uh, I'd like you to start, but be, uh, well, before we get into the details of the podcast, um, could you just mention maybe an overview of all these things you, you need to get off your chest so that we know if they are part of our, our discussions today? Start listing them. It's just, it's just about <laughs> Liverpool and, and the title. Mm. Just that. Right, so that's where we start. Um, obviously, Liverpool won the English Premier League title uh, for the first time in 30 years. Um, they were crowned champions after Man City failed to pick up maximum points at Chelsea. So this title win at Liverpool, talk us through it, Clifford. Liverpool have been uh, have been building since Jurgen Klopp took over. And the, the 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 thing that fascinated me the most about Liverpool is they gave him they gave him time, they gave him time to to build a team, and to and he he actually he went there with a with an understanding about the English game and how it works and his and how his players and how he would transfer he would instill his philosophy on his players, so. In in short, it's just it's just like it's just something that uh, that came together. Everything came together in the in the right place and at the right time for for the club. At, at a point at which Brendan Rodgers had basically run them off a cliff. Um, Fabian, what what does this Liverpool win mean for the rivalry between Man City and? Um... And Liverpool, it's been one of the most one of the modern rivalries in the Premier League. We've seen before two good teams push each other to the next level, and now it appears that City actually pushed level to that next level. First thing about uh, Liverpool winning the title for me, it's a bit of a it's a, it's it's my worst nightmare. <laughs> mm. I had Everyone's a worst nightmare. I had a, run, a running joke uh, with myself. Uh, uh, in my lifetime, Liverpool had never won the league, so I, I, I had put it that I, I was the one stopping Liverpool from winning the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it also helps that I was born just eight days after Arsenal won the league. So, yeah, Liverpool winning the league, well. Uh, about the rivalry with uh, Man City, I don't know. The, well, you could call it a rivalry, but I think going forward, um, other teams are going to get into the mix. Other clubs are also going to. Uh, it probably won't be just two teams challenging anymore, as it has been. Well, of course, Liverpool will be there trying to win it again. Um, Man City will definitely want to, you know, right a few wrongs and. Uh, and and they'll 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 build another team to to try and get back the title. But also, it, it won't be just a rivalry of Man City and Liverpool. That's what I feel. Even though they're the team, they're the clubs, um, you know, best better placed um, to really fight for the title. So I feel maybe I think Chelsea are doing that. They're doing some something is cooking at Chelsea. Uh, you can see there's. Kind of a plan, something they're building, and you never know just uh, how soon it might peak uh, for them. Uh, and maybe too, Man United. Um, I'm hoping not, but yeah, they may be in the conversation too. So, for the rivalry with the Liverpool, and of course, it, uh, strange enough, the next fixture. League fixture has uh, Liverpool going to the Etihad to face Man City. 
Mount Pity are supposed to give them a guard of honor. I don't know how that might I know annoy the most players. I don't know if it will <laughs> light up a fire in their belly. Uh, Michael, how good have Liverpool been? Ah, uh, first of all, Daniel, you know I'm not happy about this. Well, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we all. Uh, why are you making me answer this? Ah, <laughs> uh, you did it again. Fine, I'll answer it. Liverpool have arguably been the best team. I'm going to say arguably mm-hmm. because I'm biased, but they've arguably been the best team in the Premier League. As much as it really grinds my gears to say this, they deserved. They deserve to win the league. They've beaten almost every team, uh, and I think every single, almost every win has been emphatic and convincing. And Klopp has been building a team for for several seasons. He was given the time and the money and the leeway. You know, he was allowed, you know, time to be himself. You know, and uh, and they've won it. You see. <laughs> Oh my God, this is so painful to say. And I, I honestly, I wish we didn't restart the league. They should have given that damn team the league. Okay, let <laughs> me close this thing. But for the next uh, few seasons, I think they'll still be challenging. Probably by the third season, as we spoke about in a previous episode, they might run out of steam, if that's the correct word. And uh, probably other teams are going to join join the fray. Chelsea have added top players. Probably if Spurs give Mourinho one or two more seasons, he can do something. Ted are looking good. You know, uh, everyone wants to see Pogba and, and Bruno playing. So uh, Man City, if and you know Man City, there's an issue with the with the with the FFP ruling. So that could really uh, have have an impact on who stays and who leaves at City because they don't have Champions League. It's reported that several players might who are really at the end section of their of their careers, they could opt to leave and 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 try and get Champions League in other clubs. But if things stay the way they are, Liverpool will still be up there with City and probably Chelsea. And I really hope Liverpool don't win another league title during my <laughs> lifetime. I, I don't know what I'll do. Yeah. Um... Well, no. In the Premier League this season, Manchester City have lost as have lost as many games as Manchester United have. That eight games each. How can a team be so good yet so bad? I believe it. I, I believe it's Man City have lost the same games as the same number of games as Arsenal. Yes. It's a uh, we know when how Guardiola's teams are set up. They usually leave a lot of. It usually goes. Uh, it usually goes to the extremes. Either they pull off a big win, or it's a, or you you get them losing by a, a very short loss. So, with we can use yesterday's example as we can use yesterday's result as an example because Chelsea Chelsea were very threat were very threatening on the break, and when Man City push forward, they leave spaces in behind. Now. A team that that does not know how to counter attack will will find themselves very very limited in in their in the final third, such that you can when you when you see City playing against the smaller sides, you see them you see them completely dominating, and when you see City against the the bigger sides, it might be something like a like a shock defeat, like like when when you when you talk about Wolves. Wolves, Wolves beat City away, yeah. Yes. And uh, City have lost at at United. They have lost now at at Chelsea. I don't I don't remember the other losses, but but with City, it's always about that that they are, they usually play a, a high line, and a high line has it has its advantages and disadvantages. Fabian, that game yesterday, individual mistakes were key in determining the result of that game. Um, is it a case of wiping out the individual mistakes and they'll be back in business, or is there a terminal issue there with Man City? Yeah, I think 
you know funny enough I, I watched only one half of that game um i Which watched up to half the, the first half yeah. i was i was so disgusted that i went to sleep so you mean <laughs> because because you, you, you know uh watching man city and i've watched i think apart from arsenal i've watched more man city games than any other premier league side and the thing is the games have been so there, there's been a familiar pattern and especially the games they've lost is they are so heavy on attack they dominate they play incredible passes but one they lack that killer instinct and two they just don't dis- defend well uh they just don't set up well to defend from that high level that uh they've taken so yeah of course there there, there has been plenty of individual mistakes that have really affected um Man City's chances this season um and maybe Guardiola needs to look into that you see when when Guardiola was at Bayern a key a key aspect of his game that really got Bayern uh going and you know in the Bundesliga they they are far more counter attacking team okay they are far better counter attacking teams than in the Premier League yeah. but he set up Bayern in such a way that they are they <clears throat> when they attack they are always well positioned to repel counter attacks right from the big right from the first pass of the opponent during the counter attack they'll be able to repel it i don't see that at city anymore because at uh, at city when okay they attack they go all the way up to the box and when the opponent gets gets the ball it's easier to just pierce through that city setup uh for the counter and kissing kissing point is a holistic goal the opening goal for chelsea it was so so easy but again um it's a goal that shouldn't have happened because city were attacking and then and then Chelsea cleared the ball and the ball went to Ben Mundy and uh Kai Gundogan like Gundogan. there are two players with no Chelsea player around them and they have the ball and somehow they managed to go one direction and the ball went the other direction and 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 Pulisic latched onto it so it's it that that has been the case um there's just a lot of just individual errors that you 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 probably don't expect a team like city to be making but again you could say it because they've not had a steady defensive uh, line defensive unit remember they lost company last season so and and he wasn't really replaced and then this season now they most of the time they've had to use fernandinho in at the back which fernandinho is a good player but playing in defense where you're not used to and playing for a team that attacks that much so it means most of the time you're always going to be exposed and and of course he's not going to react the same way a, a season defender would um so i guess and i think the most important signing uh, the most important remedy for that is the city have to get they have to get a top class defender to partner laport and of course they have to hope that the the the, the, the new pair they can last through the season without a much injury because laporte missed a huge chunk of this season and contributed a lot to where they are now yeah it's a bit of yeah individual errors but again also i i think going forward they have to be more clinical uh, they they do well to get to the opponents at box but what happens there is just a lot of wastage and and that uh, i think teams are figuring i figuring them out and uh, just waiting for them at their at their own area and then during turnovers they hit hard yeah well congratulations to liverpool as much as it hurts to say that but no. they've been the best in england <laughs> <laughs> for in this season and um hopefully they are not the best team in england they won't be the best team in england for much longer a team that used to be good but is no longer good arsenal finally won a premier league game in, uh, since the restart beating southampton 2-0 although this seemed to be an easy win for arsenal wasn't it at some point in the league you come up against it's it's an issue of relativity you can be doing badly like arsenal have been doing for the last 16 years 
<laughs> but once in a while, <laughs> once in a while, you, you meet someone who's doing much work. And that, it was a perfect game for, it was, it was a perfect scenario for Arsenal because Southampton have not been doing so well. Arsenal in every department are better than Southampton. They, they were supposed to. They were likely to win. That they were supposed to win. And there's something I've noticed over this period, mm. over this project restart. Like in almost every game, a goalkeeper must make a mistake. Like uh, you could see Southampton's goalkeeper. Like what was that guy doing for the first goal? Mm. If he just kicks the ball out at the very first time, you could have seen maybe Southampton could have kept us now out for the rest of the game but as I, as I've said these teams any anyone from from third to the bottom there, there isn't much to separate all these sides but there it's just a question of, it's just a question of quality that uh, you one day you find someone who's doing worse than you you <laughs> if, if you think your car is, is always a slower car it's just the, the Yes, the universe, the way it works. The cycle of life. Yes. Right. Michael, Manchester United won yeah. 3-0 against, uh, let's say, a lackluster Sheffield United side. What are your thoughts on this game? Uh, well, uh, this game could not have come at a better time for, for us at United. We needed, we needed an easy game, relatively. Now, uh, United uh, could not have gotten uh, a perfect game. Uh, after because when United came back, we came, when the league restarted, we had to face uh, Spurs, and we were both unfit, and we had so it was a perfect time for us to face Sheffield. And I didn't really expect anything less than a win, but uh, what would be sweeter than uh, mm-hmm. a hat trick by Toto? I, I although Rashford really wasted a lot of chances. I don't know if he's rusty. Or okay, look. Let me it's just rant about Rashford. Just hear me out. Do not criticize the prime minister. I know if I rant against him, I I I know I hate kids probably. If I if I, but just hear me out. Why is it that Rashford can never score an easy goal? He never does. He has to score a screamer, and those screamers come once every 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 odd game, every blue moon. He had two sitters he could score. But he had to make the game so difficult. Is he still injured? Does he still have the back problem that he had? These are things that we really need to to ask. Because is he really as good as we say he is? Anyway, okay, back back, back to the game. We had a very uh, easy, easy game, though. Uh, it, it was a walk in the park. It was a training match. I think there's really nothing much to be said. Pogba and Bruno, we can't really see anything yet because... Sheffield were as porous as a, as, as porous as, as ever. They're not also really having a, a good run of games. Fabian, so, both of these games, you must have watched them. Um, between Arsenal and Southampton, Man United and uh, Sheffield United. Just your thoughts on both games. Uh, okay, let's start with the United Southampton. No, United Sheffield. Uh, Sheffield United actually, yeah. It's like um, like Micah said, uh, there, there wasn't really much in the game. I think United were lucky to score early. Sometimes, sometimes it helps to score early because they say goals change games. I guess the only observation it was a first hat trick in seven years from a United. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> in the Premier League. Not the most glorious of, of hat-tricks, but yeah. Uh, in, 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 the, in the same space of time, Aguera has scored 11 hat-tricks. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think it points out to the fact that at least there, there are things that are going right for Ole. Uh, uh, at least in attack, you can see that um, United are very potent. They're very dangerous on every attack. And and with Martial scoring three, Rashford assisting, I think two. Yeah, I think it's a performance. If you're a United fan, you should be satisfied with that and just hope that they keep up uh, the momentum going into the next fixtures. Uh, for the Arsenal Southampton game, uh, first of all, it was good. Here's in all yellow, 
drip yeah. is forever so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i think i'd petition arsenal to let's play all our remaining fixtures in yellow maybe that's what we need to, to win um but the game i thought we played really badly that's what i thought i thought somehow i thought we were lucky to win because the first and 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 this uh exemplified by the first goal i mean how often do you get a keeper just passing to your striker <laughs> to have a goal at goal at an empty net yeah but ag- again you have to be there to i mean you have to have somebody at the right place to capitalize on such a mistake and i i, I think i don't know i think maybe teams are copying too much of the man city way playing out of the back playing from the back like sometimes it's unnecessary you saw mccarthy alex mccarthy the southampton keeper every time he got the ball he just he he always tried to to give a pass mm. and some and most of the time a difficult pass not an obvious pass that he'd give and it's it's going to hurt teams i don't know why they do it okay coaches i think coaches insist on it even arsenal you could see and i i even observed uh emi martinez all his kicks went out for throwings all of them <laughs> i doubt there's one that kicked mm-hmm. to a national player so i think it, there's it, one he kicked well. to obemayang oh, yeah. which is one okay. yes there's, yeah there's one he kicked he, he kicked and got to obemayang but mm-hmm. it's becoming coaches are insisting on 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 players on starting building from the back but you only do that if you're good at it <laughs> i don't know why they have <laughs> and most teams in the league are not good at it yeah not even in the league in europe most of them are just not good at it and if you're not good at it it's suicidal because you're giving possession so close to your goal you're oh. giving the opponent little distance between them and your goal and your and... goal but anyway it was good to good to finally win uh, at least we might finish on 43 points hey that's that's very good <laughs> <laughs> well Arsenal play Sheffield United in the FA Cup this weekend. How do you see that going? Play Sheffield away. Okay. Sheffield, yeah, Sheffield, Sheffield are out. Yeah, they're out of form. I think they've they've been struggling a bit the past couple of games. So, I don't know. I don't know if if that's a good thing or a bad thing. And um, but it's a cup competition and anything can happen. But I I just think Arsenal will win somehow. because i don't know what sheffield are prioritizing my feeling is that they are prioritizing a higher finish in the league rather than an FA Cup run to the final um mm. so my guess is that and and i think for arsenal for ateta i think ateta is 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 having a go at anything that comes in front of him so um thinking arsenal might just take it it won't be it won't be a good game i don't expect it to be a a watchable game but uh, i think yeah i think arsenal will win right michael united play norwich away possibly another win uh yes well uh, norwich have i think they've lost uh, both their games uh, since since the restart huh? and, i think they lost uh, all their games they don't look like no, they drew the first Sorry? one i think they drew the first one they drew the first one yeah, yeah they drew yeah. they drew the first one and they lost yeah so lost. Uh, and I, I don't think they're going to pose a huge threat. Uh, United will be lucky. And I think Ole would want to win something this season because, uh, you know, you, you, need, you, need to, you need to show a cup. You need to actually win something for the board and for the fans to get behind you. So the FA Cup is really important to him as much as the top finishing top four is. So I honestly believe that he is going to field a strong side against Norwich. Right. Ma- And uh hopefully he doesn't field uh Precision Palo. That's <laughs> as Andreas either. <laughs> hopefully he feels a moderately strong team mm. so that we can just get through the the semifinals. So uh, I think that that would be it. I think I predict United to win. Right. And although City are away to Newcastle United, is this game set up for a uh, Allen St. Maximan 
classic performance. Yeah, me. Newcastle have been doing well. They've been doing very well in the in the recent past. And uh, I had Pep Guardiola said in a said in a press conference. I think it was before the Chelsea game. He said he he really wants to win the FA Cup. It's like a, he actually labeled the game as a as like a, a final. Now Saint James's Park has a lot of open spaces. It's not as a it's not a tight pitch like Stamford Bridge where City can be closed down easily. Now City have been winning at Saint James's Park easily so, until until was it last season they lost. There was a time they lost. And this is when they drew. Yeah, yeah, they drew. But they have been win- when 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 City go to a Guardiola system works in in very very wide spaces like Saint James's Park. Now it comes down to a matter of quality again. Now I think City will just will just win will just win that because again they are looking for it's, a, it's it has been a relatively disappointing season as as far as the Premier League is concerned. But City are, are still in three three cup competitions and and with the, the the personnel they have, I I remember seeing their bench against Burnley and this is a bench. It, and people are saying this bench will literally, literally win the league. So City have a lot of players available. They, they can field two teams at any at any given point. Newcastle, if if they want a chance of winning, they they could field the same team that played uh, two days ago. But again, you know, when you at a certain point you come, you as a manager at a certain point you have to prioritize. Does uh, Steve Bruce want the league, or does does Newcastle have a feasible chance of, of winning the FA Cup? Now I think it's the former. <laughs> Newcastle should just keep on getting those those little wins here and there in the league, and and the, their priority is, is just to stay away from the relegation zone as far as much as possible. So I I foresee a a City win. Maybe it will be a narrow victory, but I don't know. But I do not think City will have. I do not think City will have a lot of problems. Right. The other FA Cup quarterfinals is Leicester City host Chelsea at the King Power Stadium. However, we'll cross to Italy right now, where Lazio lost after going 2-0 up at Atalanta. This, of course, has dealt a blow to their title charge. By the time I listened to this, Juventus might have gone... um, Seven points clear, but do you see Lazio coming back from this? Before I say that, Lazio uh, were the unluckiest team from among the title contenders because the break just came at a bad time for them. They didn't need the break. The trip to Atlanta showed why. Uh, well, they, Lazio didn't, did well to go 2 nil up very early in the game. But they just couldn't keep up. They, you know, Atalanta, Atalanta have a unique style, and uh, not many teams can keep up anyway. To be honest, um, so that's so that's why Lazio lost the game. But uh, you know, it complicates matters for them because now going four points behind Juve, they're going to be relying on Juve dropping points maybe in two games and then winning everything, every other match. For them to have a chance, so I I just don't see it happening somehow. Look, Juve are not playing the best of football. They're playing rubbish. They're very horrible. And even tonight against a team as low as lowly as Lecce, you, Juve might not really uh, raise the roof. But the one thing that they have specialized in is is is, is you know grinding out results. And and from now till the end of till the final game of the season all you need is result all you need is just results 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 it doesn't matter how they come so i don't know i, I personally i don't think i don't think lazio will recover will recover and win the league uh, i think they also got i think they have they have napoli they have to play napoli too lazio that is uh, i don't see them i don't see them winning that my money was on juve my money is still on juve winning 
although Inter Milan have been they've had mixed form going into this round of matches. They are third in the league, eight points behind Juventus. We can say that they're out of the running. Yeah, pretty much. They they do not have a defense. I watched their game against Aswallo and it was crazy. They can't hold on at one, hold on to a lead and they are, they were all over the place. So it it seems like with Inter it's it's a matter of just consolidating their position and to challenge for next season. Michael, do you watch Atalanta games? <laughs> I don't think I don't think he does. Michael. <laughs> but I can I, yes. <laughs> Olo <laughs> says he doesn't think you watch. Well, you know, Olo has said a, a, a few questionable things tonight, so I don't know if we should take his word <laughs> No, but okay. Look, uh, I'll, I'll agree with I'll agree with uh, with Faber about the league. The league is done. You know, uh, Lazio do, do not have the metal of the the nerves. To win the league, it's just a fact. And the problem is, Juve have somehow they have the confidence to know that no matter what happens at the 90th minute, we're going to win this game. Whether I score with my, whatever part of my body, whatever it is, we have to win the league. We have to win this particular game. And uh, I'm just looking at the fixtures here, and I'm seeing that uh, Juve have to play Lazio, but Lazio have to play both Juve. So Lazio have to be in the best form of their lives for the next for the rest of the season. Do we think Lazio will do it? I don't know. I don't think so. Juve to win the league, and uh, I'm sorry to say this, Fabian, but Inter Inter has just been picking up rejects left, right, and center, and it shows. <laughs> the moment they they took Young, I I I don't know, you know, and <laughs> but 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 on that, yes. You know that that's the template for Italian football. You, you see somebody over thirty plus and he's on a free you pick him up. You don't even think about it. Yeah, I, but I, I, word of, seeing... I word of caution to all of you. Next season yes. Inter Inter are buying the signing younger and younger. and today news broke that they are finalizing on buying on, on signing Acha Fakimi from Real Madrid. Yeah. Uh, they could also be signing Sandro Tonali from Russia. Mm-hmm. So they're building, um, Conte is building a, a younger team than most of his rivals. So this season is gone, but next season, uh, you guys won't know what hit you. <laughs> I, I just hope Inter don't become a next season team every, every season. <laughs> <laughs> like a team in England. <laughs> Ulo, has yes. it been as exciting as um, it has ever been perhaps in the last five, ten years, even though Juventus are going to win it. But I'm struggling to remember a season that was as engaging as this one. There was there was a season where Maurizio Sarri really pushed them with Napoli and Napoli were playing spectacular football. And such was the such was the nature of the football that actually made Juventus sit up and take notice because Napoli were playing a a very beautiful brand of football that my my boss Aurelio de Laurentiis <laughs> loved. <Yep. laughs> so this this season has been Juve have been the chasing pack have actually caught up to Juve because now the it's Juve are reaching an end of a cycle. They have a the average age of players is, is rising. So I think about twenty nine years old. Most of their players are, are getting old and. Uh, and the the gap is getting smaller and smaller as as Fabian has said inter building a young team and and uh, juve juve will have to rebuild very quickly in a lot of areas and they'll have to do a very big overhaul of their team but this season has been very exciting like uh, like atalanta atalanta are doing very well in europe and they i have a statistic they have scored 22 goals in the last four games you can imagine. Mm. And uh, another statistic, this guy called uh, Malinovsky is not even a first-team starter and he played in place of Ilicic 
on on Wednesday and he, he scored a very very good screamer a screamer that, that you would imagine will get someone a starting spot and he's usually a bench player so it's very exciting times this time and uh, the season has been very very good Serie has been very entertaining I think even more entertaining than La Liga mm. Olivia has yeah. mentioned a few transfers that are either happening or are in the pipeline, but um, one of the weirdest or rather um, surprising things that we've come to see is a French club, PSG, they keep selling their youth graduates to other clubs instead of integrating them into the first team. Um, so, I don't know what's 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 cutting in the Parisian capital? Yeah, I think with the uh, PSG, um, the 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 model they are on is not really uh, based on doesn't really need graduates from the academy coming into the 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 the, the first team, which is a pity because they're producing, you know, Paris. The city of Paris is probably, and if it, it's probably the, the place that produces the best talents in football right now. If you want a footballer, just go to the streets of Paris and you'll probably get one or, or two or three or four or five. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think PSG, PSG when, when the Qataris bought PSG, they what they wanted was something to show to the world you know they 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 want something that shines that everybody admires and nobody nobody admires a player from you know a player just make a 17 year old player transitioning from from uh junior teams to the senior teams what people admire what people want to associate paris with are the superstars uh the neymars the, the mbappes uh uh the Icardis. So, uh, and I think it, it's something that uh, the whole hierarchy, um, that's what they've decided. Look, they're saying, well, we are, we are producing these fine players, but I, I think we are better off selling them to other teams and, and, and using the money we get plus other sums to get the players we really want in the squad. Um, the latest has been... Uh, Tangui Kwasi, uh, 17-year-old um, centre-back who can also play defensive midfield. And he, this season he has been given a few opportunities by Thomas Tuchel. Um, he's played well, uh, but he decided against signing a contract, a professional contract with PSG. He said that he want, he didn't feel well. The reason he gave is that he didn't feel PSG was stable enough as a club. You know that coming from mm-hmm. a seventeen-year-old is pretty big. Uh, he feels that and, it, it's not. It, it's not even because he was not expecting to get minutes. He says the hierarchy is not stable enough. The club is just not stable enough. So instead, mm-hmm. he's, he's going to Bayern Munich on a free, um, and. And, and people think he is one of the finest defensive talents for years to come. There's also another player, um, Adil Auchich, or Auchiche. Mm-hmm. He's a midfielder, um, I think also 17. He also has decided against signing with PSG. He's from the academy, but he has decided against signing a pro contract with them. And he could be going to Saint Etienne. So it's not fully, fully decided. Mm. But this has been the pattern. You know, players like, uh, you know, Christopher Nkunku, they, they felt, he felt he couldn't wait long anymore to get opportunities, especially in that midfield. And he went to RB Leipzig. And before him, RB Leipzig was uh, John Kevin Agustin, who also... PSG. I think he was one of their first biggest uh, names from 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 the academy, and he also went to Leipzig. Uh, there's uh, Musa Kwasi, who is now at Bayer Leverkusen, 
also signed with them uh, signed by Leverkusen last season is it this season i think uh, so it's a pattern and and PSG the, the hierarchy they're not keen on having these players transition into their first team for for whatever reason um which is i don't know I mean, I think it would be good for them. It would be good for Paris. It would be good. It would be good for their fans to have uh, kids that they've seen grown up uh, among them play for them. But uh, I guess it is what it is. Although young players seem to be more impatient these days, they don't want to stay in their academies and clubs and their stripes, they feel there are better opportunities to gain experience perhaps in foreign countries. Are we likely to see this happening more and more as seasons come and go? Something that has really has really made me angry over the past few years is youngsters there's so much the level of competition is so so high like you can take the example of of chelsea chelsea have about 500 players out on loan <laughs> yeah <laughs> there are so many chelsea players are everywhere even right now the, this guy called marco van ginkel i don't know if you remember yeah him. he's still at chelsea yeah, from 2014 yeah. yeah then you hear J- jeremy borga is still a chelsea player you hear a lot of you hear someone has been on loan for for like five years. Now, the the benefit of the loan the loan system has been very very badly misused. Is I don't think there are, there are a lot of rules about the loaning. You can just loan any any number of players out. Now, with the English Premier League and the money that is in it, you cannot afford to give to field young players that much. And, and and continue to get results. Now Chelsea have discovered this season Chelsea have discovered cannot rely too much on young players. Like you saw last night, Tammy Abraham. It took Fernandin it took how many attempts for him to to actually get a penalty out of Fernandinho. Like that ball should have been in the net long a long time ago. You, you cannot tell me the Chelsea of this 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 era, the Chelsea of Drogba and Elka and, and Maluda would have been joking around with uh, with such. Eh? Now, with the level of competition that is in the, in in Europe right now, young players young players also want to play, yeah. And there is there is uh, there is that feeling that if you stay at a club for a very long time, a big club like United, Arsenal, Chelsea, you are not going to get a lot of opportunities and and. Uh, if you, if you don't play you can actually get worse if if you are if you are if you are if you are good at 16 that does not mean you'll be good at 80 does not mean you'll be good at 21 so like the the kid at at Birmingham the kid what what was his name Jude Bellingham this yes Jude Bellingham is not going to actually joining joining a big english club will be a very 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 bad move for him because Unite the the big clubs in England are not good at at uh, at promoting youth because again the competition is so high. If I, you cannot waste a season for someone to gain experience yet, you could go to a you could you could go to a, another club. Germany Germany have been very good. Germany have been very good in in welcoming young players into the, into their teams, and so for. For, for career development, it's, it's great for for youth players, young players to go to Germany. Right, Michael, who do you see out of the current crop of young talent that is coming up? Who do you think will replace players like the recently turned thirty-three-year-old Messi, the soon-to-retire Ronaldo, and so on? Wow, well, that's that's a that's a tough one. Uh, it's it's a bit difficult <laughs> to to say because those are once in a I'll lifetime. You, yeah. you know, no one no one ever knew. Okay, before I go in, into an emotional rant, I'll just pick. <laughs> uh, I'll just have my pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I think uh, I would have to go to the Bundesliga for that. I think players like uh, like like Kai Havertz are still pretty young, and hopefully with the right direction, he could maybe maybe even begin to to come close. But I don't really see any in the current crop of players who who could match Messi and Ronaldo. I just don't see it. Call me old-fashioned, but I, I think this current uh, Instagram, Instagram footballers, I, I don't know what they have to offer. I think they will. The 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 issue. I'm still going on my rant. I'm sorry about this, but the instant gratification of the young players we have might hinder their development because they have to understand that players have to go through particular process for them to become not just good but great players. So many of the players who I see right now will just become good, but not as great as Messi and Ronaldo. So the players, we should actually watch and weep every single year that Messi turns <laughs> older. You should not be happy. You should be crying. You should lock yourself somewhere and cry because it'll be a very long time before we see such brilliance on the pitch. Trust me. I'll give you one name. Say something. Marcus Rashford. Oh my God! I, 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 I <laughs> who sent you? <laughs> anyway, any last words as we close? Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, just a bit more um, information from Liga or the French or on French football. There have been some developments of late um, that I think maybe we should put out there. Uh, one, the the French Football Federation Executive Committee, I think today they reaffirmed that next season uh, next season will still be a twenty league a twenty team league uh, in Liga. Mm-hmm. So that means that Amiens and Toulouse have been relegated. So their relegation is confirmed. It, it was still um, it was still a process. There were still negotiations and all that, but their relegation has been confirmed. And then also there's something on uh, all there's something on uh, well on the. There's still some matches left in the French uh, cal- French football calendar. The the two cup yes. final, yes. the Coupe de France and Coupe de la Ligue. Uh, we, so it's confirmed. I think they'll be played on the 18th and 24th. I think of July. Yes, or 24th or 25th of July. Um, so the Coupe de France will be between PSG and uh, Saint Etienne on the 18th, and then a week a week later, PSG again will play in the uh, Coupe de la Ligue against uh, Lyon. So yes, and everything. So they've they've managed. I think the, the French authority, football authorities have managed to have it um, confirmed that they will be allowed 5,000 fans, a minimum of 5,000 fans uh, in each of those games. Uh, but they are they still pushing for up to 20,000. So we'll see how that goes. And that might give an indication of how prepared uh, other, other federations are uh, with you know crowds returning back to football. And then finally, still on 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 the French league, mm. uh, there are talks of Olympic Marseille being bought by some guy called Murad Ujelal, who was uh, Ujelal was uh, I think he owned was it Toulon rugby 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 club, mm. yeah. So he he wants to buy Marseille, and uh, I think. Is being funded by Saudi Arabia. I don't know who in Saudi Arabia, but the funding is coming from <laughs> Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so, yeah. so in the funding that, that they're paying, 
they're paying 700 million euros of which 300 is according to a report this is not this is not confirmed but according to a report so 300 million is supposed to go to the current Marseille owner uh, Frank Macot to buy his to buy to buy him out and then 200 million to certain debts uh, club debts that Marseille have and then, here's the interesting part. The other 200 million is supposed to be for transfers. Mm. So if that goes through as it is, uh, Marseille could be having serious money uh, for transfers in preparation for next season. And I remember they'll be in the Champions League too. So yeah, that's something to keep an eye on because Marseille could suddenly be, uh, you know, major contenders for the French League title and also for the Champions League. Yeah. I I think we know who is funding myself, uh, who is funding the takeover from Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Takes a genius to guess. Um, anyway, the French Cup final will be held on July 24th and the League Cup final on July 31st. As you yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Right. Um, so we'll close it there Day. Thank you very much, all of you, for all your insights. Of course, we hope to see you again next week. Have a lovely weekend and uh, stay safe. Goodbye. Oh, goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. All out. <laughs> you have to congratulate Liverpool. <laughs> I, can't I can't do it. I'm sorry. I see you tweeting that. <laughs> <laughs>